Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Hey Corner Crew podcast. I'm your host, JJ Lang, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host. You know him, you love him, Nate, the little goon foss. I'm dying for hockey. This break has been horrible. Yeah, it's too long. Um, and with us today, a very, very, very special guest, um, RIT's own number 24, Ryan Nicholson. Hey. I had to show some enthusiasm there, Nate. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not have like any of the editing apps for this where you can like put like a clapping and maybe a bigger audience sound? For oh, me? this is a zero production <laughs> podcast. Zero here. dollar production. It's, it's just straight grit. Zero straight budget. Grit. Oh, yeah. Perfect. No we'll get that eventually. But... So you're oh, just yeah. going to be squeaking, listening to the sound of my heavy breathing for an hour and a half <laughs> while you guys are giving me questions. Nah, we'll be all right. So, uh, um, just in case, for some reason, somebody out there might not know who you are, um, if you want to just introduce yourself real quick, that would be awesome. So, yeah, I guess basically to reuse your words, my name is Ryan Nicholson. I'm 23 years old. I'm from Mississauga, Ontario, which is just outside Toronto. And I'm currently in my senior year at RIT. I'm a defenseman and I wear number 24, left handed too. So, How did I never uh, know that likes left handed? My dad likes Sorry? you because you wear 24, so it's, there are other reasons, but he's, uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you the first guy that he likes is number 24 on the team, so. Well, it's it's funny because I got that number from my dad, and I still remember when I was young and I asked him how I got the number, he was, that's how many beers we buy in a pack. What do you mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic answer. That's so awesome. I guess I forgot to say I'm, I'm contemplating for next semester upping my immersion in psychology to a minor. I just got to decide if I want to take two more credits or not. Yes. Might be worth it there, honestly. Yeah, it is because we're still trying to figure out. Um, we're not sure if, if I do a fifth year that I can be a part-time student and then go back to being a full-time student. That still makes me athletically eligible. So I got to have a meeting with my academic advisor and figure all that out. So you say you're from Ontario. Where'd you play um, growing up before you came to RIT? Kind of give us your path that got you here. Well, mine's a little interesting. And even how I ended up at RIT, I'd say it's, uh, it's a bit of an unorthodox route I took compared to many of the other guys on the team or even that play in the NCAA. So, I just started in Clarkson Minor Hockey because that's like the neighborhood I'm in. And then from there, I played seven years in the Greater Toronto Hockey League. Uh, no, eight, sorry. Six with the Rebels, Mississauga Rebels, minor midget with the Mississauga Reps, and then I played midget with the Toronto Marlboros, which I'm sure you've heard of that organization before. Yeah. Connor McDavid and yeah. John Tavares. Oh, yeah. A lot of names so, out of there. Yeah. The next so, one's Ryan Nicholson, of course. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. But, um, so out of minor midget, I didn't end up getting drafted into the Ontario Hockey League, so that's why I played uh, year of midget at home. And then I had, a, I had a good year. I was made to the league all-star team. Uh, William Caverly was on that too. And Matthew Kellenberger. Nice. nice. So uh, was it? I, I had high hopes I was going to get drafted on my midget year because I played well and stuff, but uh, I didn't end up getting drafted. But I got three... Uh, rookie camp offers. It was like from London Knights, Sarnia Sting, and the Kitchener Rangers. I ended up taking London Knights 
and Kitchener accepted their offer. I went to London. I thought I had a decent camp and stuff like that. And then I ended up, unfortunately, breaking my ankle right before Kitchener's camp, so I didn't end up going to it. So I knew I was going to make the jump from minor hockey to junior over the summer, and I had, like, offers from, like, local junior A teams in here. And one of the unfortunate things is, like, with the OJHL, like, the Toronto area, it's, like, the junior A teams aren't, like, that junior hockey experience, really. It's kind of minor. It feels like minor hockey, but with older guys because like not a lot, not a lot of guys build it. You don't have very big crowds. It's not that small hockey town atmosphere because the Leafs and the OHL are right here. So I kind of wanted to go out and do that experience. And over the summer, I was talking with London, and I kind of had some hopes that I might slip into like uh, last spot in the roster and try and like sneak onto that. So when I was talking, they're asking what my plans are, and then they kind of set me up with uh, their junior B team, who are they're not like fully affiliated, but they have good connections. The Stratford Cullisons, they were called at the time, and then they ended up changing the name to the Warriors when I got there. But uh, went to London's main camp with ambitions and hopes of making it, and I had a re- I thought I had a really good camp and stuff like that. I ended up getting partnered up with uh, Victor Mete when I was there, and I even scored. I had a couple of goals. And I scored against Tyler Parsons. Nice. <laughs> with an assist from Met- oh. with an assist from Mete, so that, that felt good. And was it? I think one of the most memorable moments of that camp actually was nothing to do with my play at all or anything. But uh, it was like that's that's the first time like I started wearing the half shield and the visor, and I caught a high stick and I split my chin open. So I had to go get like five six stitches Ooh. like down the middle of my chin. So they like the medical staff took me into like the London Knights locker room, and inside of like the training room was like, I think it was like Max Domi, Marner, uh, Matthew, Matthew Kachuk, <laughs> like all, like all like the big, like all the big name guys that played there or just oh, that's uh, awesome. played their first year pro came back and I'm in there getting stitched up. And all I hear is this gets tough. I love it. <laughs> and I just, I, that was still, that was just like my one moment. I was like holding back the tears. That's so and stuff, cool. Like, it makes me, but uh, nothing, nothing. Ended, I didn't get an offer or anything, and they were kind of like, kind of just London, kind of wanted me to play some exhibition games and then try and feel it out from there. But the unfortunate thing is, if you play exhibition, you lose your eligibility right away. So I basically I got into an argument. I was like, I'm not losing my eligibility to play one exhibition game and then get screwed over. So that's then they sent me to Stratford, and. And I ended up there for two years. And I guess like the whole RIT recruiting process started when I ended up in Stratford, where the first week of the year we had, it was, it's a showcase throughout the whole league. So you play two games, which are out of division because you'll never play those teams again until later in the playoffs. So I had, I think I had like, I had three points, three points in my first junior game. There's a lion brawl and I got caught on the wrong side of it. My coach is yelling at me to get it getting in i'm like i i don't really want to do that right now i want to finish my first junior game (laughs) but then uh yeah the second game the second game was against caledonia corvairs who daniel chenard played on at the time and i'm getting my first junior goal so i like bug it time saying my first junior goal was against him she didn't play that game was on the bench unfortunately but uh coming out of that showcase like I started to hear some rumors. People in my organization told me that they saw me at RIT, 
and uh no con no communication or contact ever came out of it i was just like i heard like he he wrote my name down in the book and that was really it i didn't really know much about rit except for d1 rochester like they're not very we don't have a lot of media coverage for atlantic hockey in general like nationwide or even in canada so like i just knew of the school really and then uh there was some like small formal exchanges but nothing really too serious and then we're we just set up my dad was been kind of pushing me to go the college route so we set up like a a non-official visit but but unfortunately yeah we set up a non-official visit and they were on the road that weekend so we ended up we ended up making a two for one because i went and looked at oswego as well as so the friday went watched oswego play plattsburgh for the winter whiteout which was a really cool game and then we just we we hit RIT on the way back and just kind of drove around the campus and looked at it, and then eventually I, there was like a couple exchanges and finally I got uh, I got offered like an actual non-official visit by the coaching staff that I went the day after I graduated from high school, so I literally had like my high school graduation, uh, went out enjoyed graduating from high school and then in the car at eight eight a.m. in the morning to go visit RIT and then uh yeah they showed me around and everything what RIT had for the hockey program the history of it and stuff and basically no offer came out of that but the way the way and Wayne uh said it to me how he set it up was he said um I haven't seen you play but I trust Brian's word and he likes you a lot as a player we're gonna come down to the ju- we're gonna come. We're gonna come down first week in the season. We're gonna watch you. I want to see with my own eyes. So I ended up staying in Stratford Junior B for a second year because I was like, I I know where they, they know where to find me. And then uh, they ended up coming down to the showcase. They watched me. I had like I think I had four points in two games or something. And this is where a bit of a wrench gets thrown in the recruitment process. That gets kind of funny. Was I got. I got released from the OHL, so I was like a completely free agent in terms of like all of tier, all of like major junior hockey in Canada. So I got an offer from the Quebec Ramparts, or the Quebec Ramparts, where Patrick Watt is, and they were very like insistent on me coming down and stuff like that. And we did our research, and I don't want to say we kind of held it over RIT's head, like, hey, like these guys want me, like I'll go. Because if I go, I lose the eligibility. And then they came down and watched me play. And uh, this is also a little bit of miscommunication between me and the coaching staff. Is they like they said they loved my game and what was that? What was that? And I'm trying to remember the way we ended the meeting after is they said they didn't like they didn't formally offer me. I'm trying to, I can't remember exactly word for word, but it was like. When I got back from the meeting, my parents were like, oh, like, did how did it go? And I was like, I think they offered me. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> so basically, a month went by after that, and there was no contact or anything, really. And then finally, Willis reached out again. He was like, do you want to come to homecoming for your official visit? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. So that's when I went to the homecoming game versus Colgate. Was it Colgate? No, Northeastern. Because I went Colgate to the one was my first North. homecoming as a student. 
Yeah, no, I forgot. I went to the, I went to Colgate the year after with Thomas Maya again for another official visit. But yeah, I went to the Northeastern one, and that was just like that was cool to see. They 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 tied three three, and then like Adam Goddard and uh, Sakura were on that team. Mm-hmm. Like it was and the RIT team was, was loaded. They were loaded. They were, and RIT was up like two one. It was three. They were, they were winning like late was, in the game. And I thought they were going to yeah. pull away. And then, yeah, Northeastern tied it late or something. That one's still a tough one. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was that was just like a cool like and like way to watch like the first RIT hockey game. And then coming back from there, I was like, if they offer me, like I'm taking it on the spot. And then the next morning, I had, I had breakfast with them and stuff, and we were like exchanging pleasantries. And then I, I still remember my dad was there, and he kind of just cut the tension. And he goes, "So did you offer him or not?" <laughs> <laughs> And Wayne's, and Wayne's like, yeah, we've been waiting for a response for like a month and a half. Like, you want to come? And like, and like right away, I looked at him. I was like, yeah, I'm coming. I'll see you soon. Perfect. I'll pack my bags right now. I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you spring semester if you want to have me. That's awesome. And That's then, awesome. And then after that, they uh, so they wanted me to come in following that year, but I just I thought we thought like on the defensive end, like I needed to put on maybe hopefully grab an inch or two and put on a little more weight and have like another year to develop because it's a big jump going junior B to division one. Like I'm skipping a whole junior level. Mm-hmm. So I, then in that off season, I got traded to Oakville where I played with Thomas Maya. It's funny because Thomas Maya, our head coach was Mike Tarantino who played for RIT. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause was it last year he got inducted into the sports hall of fame for the school and it's funny because here, me and Kelly, like our minor hockey career, like intertwines, like we overlap each other, but we never played with each other. We always played against each other. Or it was like one, he went here and then I went, or I went there and then he went. But it was the same thing. Like Kellenberger goes to Princeton, and then they trade it, and then Oakville trades for me to fill Kellenberger's spot on the roster <laughs> to play to like fill in his role. And then yeah, finally after so many years. We get to play to each. We get to play with each other. But yeah, played in Oakville with Thomas Maya. Um, we won. We won the Buckland Cup. We won the Central Canadian Championship, and then lost to lost to Prince George in the semifinals of the RBC that year. And then packed up and went to school. So it was a roller coaster of a that's career. That's pretty crazy. The yeah, like he's like he said, a roller coaster. That's that's pretty crazy path it took you to get here. I mean, when I said it was unorthodox, like when you compare it to most guys on the team that, you know, they played two, three years of junior A in the spot and then it it works out for them. They get an offer and they say, yeah, I'm taking it. But no, it's, but I mean, I still remember like, like my dad was like coaching me throughout the process and he was being, he was a great mentor and he was like, you know, they'll find, it doesn't matter where you play, they'll find good players. Oh yeah. So, you know, like, Basically, like it was like you don't need to play for like the Penticton's of Tier Two Junior A or uh, Chicago Mission or no, sorry, not Chicago Mission, the Chicago Steel of the USHL. Like if you're good, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So looking at the season so far, you guys have been uh, pretty good. I mean, we'll just you guys have been real, yeah. real, real, real good. All right, we're, um, we're going to undermine it like that. We're going to be humble <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's not be too cocky. Yeah, let's not be cocky. You guys are obviously coming off. Well, now I'm going to be cocky a little bit. You guys are obviously coming <laughs> off of a massive ten four win of Canisius to kind of go into the um, go into the break 
still nationally ranked number 20 in the country. I mean, two separate polls now. How, how do you guys feel about that going into the, going into the break, going into the holiday? I mean, if we're getting national recognition, so it feels good. Uh, it was kind of nice. It was kind of always a joke that, like, at the beginning when we were winning the games, like, but we went on like the eight game heater or whatever, and we didn't get like any national rankings. We were like, let's we're a sneaky wagon. Like, let's just let's fly under the radar and surprise everyone. But now that we have that, like, it, it feels good. It set. I think it set a bar of our expectations, mm-hmm. or sorry, I set a bar of what we know we can do. But our expectations are always higher than that. So we want to we want to keep climbing the rankings. Because if you can, if you get in the top twelve, I believe, you pretty much have a good percentage of getting into the tournament if you don't win. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first, that's what we want to achieve is making. You can go ahead and win though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's plan, that's plan A, but it, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt to have a backup plan. <laughs> Wouldn't mind that either. Um, the, the backup plan is fine, but. Like I, I, I've never seen you guys win a title since I've been a student, so I'd, I'd kind of like to see that. Also, just throwing that one out there real quick. I, I mean, in, like I was, we had meetings with our with our coach right before, right before break, and he was like, he was like, "What do you think about the second half of the year?" And what I said to him is, "This is the most confident that I've been going to the second half of the year. That I think it's not like, you know, we've had one, like one or two teams in front of us or anything. It's like I feel like we should win." Yeah, like it's now it's it's not like a dream. It's like we're putting the pressure on ourselves to expect it, mm-hmm. and we're like be determined to do it. Like there's no falling short. So I was I don't, gonna so say like, it, go ahead. Oh, I feel like now like we're putting the pressures on ourselves because it's it's what we're it's what we're we believe that we can do. I was gonna say so like we we know like the couple games before that Saturday Kinshus game were kind of on the lower end. Like, what did that 10-goal outburst do for not just the guys who score, but everybody's confidence going into the break? Like, It's exactly the note you want to end on. Like, we didn't – it wasn't – it felt good, like, after especially Friday where we kind of got our tires deflated because, like, Barshevsky played really well. And I think that's the first goal. Like, I guess you can count Princeton, too first like goalie that kind of we actually like this guy like this guy's just taking everything from us it didn't matter how much we we're hammering hammering his shots on them the opportunities like like he he played well and to like go on a break back-to-back games like that deflates like your ego and confidence so to put up 10 it's like you know we uh we fell down we we, we had a couple steps back but we made more progression than what we came back yeah, I would. So I, would. That, yeah. I would. I, would I think that's the. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say that's like that's the mindset and stuff we have to like go into the break and especially what we really need right now going against Penn State, who's ranked number seven. Absolutely. It's mean to have we need the confidence and a little bit of the ego and the swagger that we're gonna hit them hard. We're gonna hit them hard in the mouth coming right off the start. Oh yeah. Um. Obviously, looking looking at the defensive line when you guys are sitting there. Um, we on this show have said multiple times that you and Spencer barrier the brick wall before the brick wall. Um, and I know there's a lot of people who are like, you two guys have contributed very much to our defensive strengths and our penalty kill strengths. Is there anything you want to say to that? I mean, I mean the one the one saying we have in the room before every game, and our, our defensive coach, David Salako, coined it is, it starts with the D. Mm-hmm. So it's always... The mindset is when the D, if the D can play our game, then 
it will allow minimal minimalism or as no um less threats to tommy so all he has to focus about is stopping that first shot that we're gonna that we're pressuring to keep it on the outside and that it gives the forwards the faith and confidence that we're as soon as we get when we get when we get our job internally done and our job is to defend shut down and then give them the puck so that they can do their job so in all theory like it actually does start with the defenseman because the defensemen are falling apart then you're just going to be stuck in your d zone your d zone the whole whole day and then you're gonna have to rely on your goalie and your forwards to do more than what they should be doing but i think i also a lot of it is stems from our d coach strategy that how he likes us to be um aggressive like we don't like we play we play a tight pressure man on man because if there's any loose puck or like if you have a chance to be a half a step on a guy to take it because then we want to we want to transition fast and then start hitting teams with our fast our fast speed and our puck movement oh yeah and then wear teams down and i think that's been a lot of what's been our bread and butter and our strength towards how we've been so successful this year it's been a it's been a fun first half for sure we're uh i know we're all itching to get to that penn state game i know you guys probably are too but it's almost oh, yeah. like when you're playing that well you don't want it to end like you, you don't want the you almost don't want the break like you just want to keep going so like it, the momentum doesn't stop but yeah i'm sure the break it, has been great <laughs> yeah it, and you beat me toward towards it like the positive and the negative but you know positives you get that rest after beating your your body gets beat up the first half of the year like you need that rest but it's also like they are a little bit afraid of losing the momentum and then having to climb out of a hole that you dug yourself in that you were nowhere close to ending so so uh I was gonna say so. What so now that we've talked about the present, let's talk a little bit about the past here. What has been your favorite moment or game as a Tiger? That's that's a hard question because to to narrow it down is like if I gotta pick a game, like I can throw the stereotypical answer at you that probably everyone would say it's homecoming because those are always the most memorable. Oh like yeah, the crowd or mm-hmm. the venue and stuff. But like if I had to choose personally, like first games always. First NCAA game is always memorable. I, mine was Colgate at Colgate, and I still remember about it. Um, so there was like two funny stories to come out of it. Uh, what is it? it? So usually, like our our like the start the starting roster is set the Thursday because or no, it'd be Friday that day because we played on the Saturday. So usually, you know, the night right after practice, the day before, who the starting roster who the starting rosters and uh it was like dan willard and someone else on the on the dn was sick and injured and their status was 50 50 at the time so my parents the whole week been leading up are you playing like we're gonna make the drive down are you playing like you gotta let us know if you're playing i was like i i don't know yet like i'm was it you got 9d on the roster so 3d are in like a pairing together during practice I'm in the 3D, like, um, I'm, I don't know. So, you know, Friday, Friday come, or no, I feel like we played Friday. It was Saturday. It was Friday. It was so Saturday. I was going to go, and then I got tickets to the Sabres game, and I was really mad because I wanted to go. <laughs> okay, okay, that's, per- that's, that's perfect for the, you know, I remember it completely. But I, still I was watching like... it at the Sabres game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, we finally didn't get an answer until 
like noon that day, like right almost right before we got on the bus about who the lineup was. And then I ended up getting in the lineup. So I texted my parents right away, like, hey, I'm playing. They jumped in the car and they drove right away. They, awesome. they thought they were going to be late, but I think they they said they made it like five minutes right before warm up, and then like, what is it? so that was that was special that they like got in the car instantaneously and drove to come watch me. And then the second one was uh, we were like during practice throughout the week we were like heart rate monitors, which connects to a laptop and it, like shows like what like your heart rate, um, like how fast it like calms down in, in between your shifts and stuff like that. It's like a it's a line graph basically showing like how high and how low it can get and where like the middle zone is. So it's not mandatory to wear for games, but for that game, I wore it. So I still remember like the war- first war- warm up comes, first couple laps, I'm flying around, I'm <laughs> doing all the stick tricks. There's like a bunch of girls and people all along the glass in the Colgate student section. I feel like I'm cloud nine in the pros and stuff like that. And I, like I got a pretty good sweat on because I was skating pretty hard and stuff. And then our strength and conditioning coach, Nate Van Callenberg, comes up to me after the warm-up. He goes, are you all right? I'm like, what's wrong? He goes, your heart rate monitor went red. Like, you're about to have a stroke or something. Like, is everything all right? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just I'm just really excited and nervous. <laughs> but I think I got a picture of it. Like, the whole, like, first, like, the first quarter of it is just all high red. And then when the game starts, it, like, it drops significantly. Oh, that's there's awesome. That. There's there's that. There's the Canisius game, the Canisius comeback for the Frozen Four tenth anniversary when walk, walks Walker scored the game winning goal with five minutes left. Uh, what was cool about that is we all got to meet like the Ross, like the the guys on the roster that year after the game. They came in the room, they celebrated with us, and like just like. We had dinner and stuff with them after and like just just sharing stories they're just sharing stories of their time there and it was cool like they'd be like oh like who lives in this who lives in this perkins apartment or who lives in this house on the street like i do or this guy and like they're like oh, i lived there too like 10 years ago and is it still like this like just getting to like pick their brains about how it was for them and what they got to do was definitely a very memorable time and then all of sophomore year was memorable but that wasn't for good reasons so looking forward ahead again, jumping back to that, uh, are there any series coming forward towards the in the second half of the season that you guys are like really pumped for that you personally are really excited for? Penn, Penn State for sure. Arizona State because it's it's always a fun trip and we get to play in the new NH or the Mull Arena where the Coyotes play, so that's good. Um, other things I would have circled on the calendar would be Niagara. Sorry, Niagara, Canisius again. And Air Force. I think those would be the top ones that I'm looking most forward to. I'm trying to think of if there are any other sneaky ones. Mercy Hurst, I always, always have personal vendetta with them. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> I, just, I just know, like, a lot of the guys that play on okay. the team and stuff. And <laughs> that makes sense. A couple of guys I play um, with, like, I just, I don't want to, I, I don't want to lose to them. And what was it? They swept us last year at the end of the season and just that, that left a bitter taste in my mouth about it. So. I'm going to make sure you keep the bragging rights. <laughs> um, and then kind of the last question in this segment before we get to some of the fun questions. Um, what has been your favorite part about being an RIT Tiger so far? I mean, everything pretty much. Like the community, that the community and how blessed and fortunate we are to have like 
how this program's been ran, the people that support it, like everything just top down from like the living experience to just being able to play hockey for six out of seven days a week. Like you can't ask for much more and getting a good education on top of it as well. And corner crew. Oh, that's, that's part of the people that support it and stuff. <laughs> I can't I didn't, I should, Go ahead. Yeah, I should have fully like shouted you guys out individually about it because you, you are <laughs> nah, your you're good. chapter you're good. of it. No, nah, you're fine. You're good. I mean, how many other hockey college hockey fan bases have podcasts? Oh, you that's know, off the top fact. of your head? Or fan bases that bring 100 people to an away game to boo the other fans out of their own house. And uh, bought and bought the visiting team's arena. Or you didn't bought it, you became <laughs> new landlord of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that on Twitter and Instagram. That was the best. We thing are gonna, we're we're going to definitely do that again. There's a guy. I don't, that, I don't know who changed the Wikipedia page for that was that was me. That was that was me. That was amazing. I know there's a guy. Awesome. I know there's a guy right now who's actually working on designing like a software program that will go in there and make sure that the Dwyer Arena Wikipedia page literally says that the building is owned by the corner crew. Like when, like when someone switches it oh back, like gosh. the program will go back in and fix it. I don't condone this. Oh, yeah. I don't condone that. You should, you oh, should bring, man. like, you should make them, like, re-sign the lease for the arena when you get there. Oh, we should do lease papers. I, I want to just... Print out a lease papers. I want to bring like a that. bunch of, like, baby keys and just tape them to the glass and be like, you win, you can have this back. <laughs> I love that. Oh. All right. So, oh, get, so getting to our super fun questions that we have. Um, these are some that we, 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 we asked them to Kobe. We changed a couple. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to kind of keep track of all these as we go throughout the season when we talk to more of you guys. Um, and then at the end of the season, we're going to kind of go over them and lump them all together and do like a best of. Um, yeah. So I will let Nate start with those, and we're going to just alternate as we go through them because they're pretty funny. All right. Uh, all right. Who's who's the guy that's got everybody laughing in the locker room twenty four seven every day? Twenty four seven. Don't be afraid to say yourself if it's you for anything either. Uh, Aiden Hanson Bukata and Kobe Walker always have something to say. They have the two biggest personalities in the room. Other than uh, Matt Kellenberger is a sneaky funny guy. He's got like a pretty dry sense of humor. Like, he's he's a one on one guy. I always like. I always like being in earshot of him and hearing what he has to say. And then to wrap it up, I would say the the duo of Grady Hobbs and John Franco Casaro because they're always kind of barking back and forth at each other in a fun <laughs> way. They live together too and stuff. <laughs> oh, that makes total sense then. Yeah, they're always, there's always something going on in the house there that um, they're not over. Best dress teammate? I like... Casaro style a lot. He only wears like dark colored clothing, but he's got like the nice jeans, the shoes, and he wears like the sailor toques and stuff like that. He'll have the vest on. Um, Kobe Walker is always pretty good at the business casual, a nice dress shirt, the the khaki pants, and some like what are like they're like not formal dress shoes, but they're like kind of casual. I don't even know how to explain it. He's always got those going on. Um, I would say, I would say, uh, I don't think he's the best. He, he might. Some people might consider him the best dressed, but I think some of his outfits are kind of funny. Are uh, Philippe Jacques? 
He wears like all red Nike tennis shoes with with, like a tan jumpsuit that has like Looney Tunes on it or something. Oh, that's amazing. He's got like a bunch of Disney characters on like a shirt and stuff like that. They're all, it's it's not bad style, but I think they're pretty amusing. That's something I wouldn't be wearing. That's pretty funny, actually. Easy to pick out in a crowd then, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, besides the height and the mullet, like, you you always can catch them from from the corner of your eye somewhere. Got the best flow. I mean, yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I answer gotta, was coming. Yeah, I gotta answer that. But I would say, um, outside of you, because we know it's him. But <laughs> Colby Matthews is pretty sneaky good. Um, no one. I'm trying to think who has like long, grown out hair. It's right kind of just you and Colby, honestly. From what Barry just. Seen. Barry just cut his. Like I like. He always kind of. He kept. It was short and it was, it was like a little grown out and tight. But I liked it. Wil, Wilkie when he has a hat on, or his helmet, it looks good. It, the color of his hair matches the jerseys. So, uh, I, I, we we were gonna ask touch. best mustache, but you guys kind of already had that voted on. Dude, Petrucci's <laughs> was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. That was. We, did, we didn't really give Doug Scott the chance to fully grow it out because I don't know why. He always did a different style for that for that week of November, which kind of defeated the whole purpose of letting it grow out. Right. But, yeah, but yeah when we had the competition and stuff, he was a little upset that um, I think he shaved like two or three days before the picture was taken. Oh. So he wanted, he wanted to take like new pictures and stuff all the time, and we were like, no, no, no. Well, you get one picture. We're, it's an integrity fight. There's no, there's no just for men allowed. Although Barry <laughs> broke that, but yeah, we tried, we tried to write an honest competition, and um, it didn't fully work out that way. Uh, Wayne got win. all the way to the final. I was kind of, uh... yeah, it was like, man, he actually had a pretty good one going. Yeah, <laughs> well, the funniest thing about that is um, we have access to the Instagram account, so we we're able to like see like who voted and stuff like that. So I think for the first round matchup, like a couple of the guys voted for Wayne. And that that didn't sit well over with the boys. There was a couple. There was some. There was some court cases. Like how how do you pick how do you pick your coach over your own teammate? Oh, oh man! All right, who's the uh, who's the guy when they're cooking? Everybody's over at the house. Who's the best cook on the team? Best cook. Petrucci's a big barbecue guy. Ooh. He will. I know he barbecues for the whole house. But if you want to actually go into like exotic meals and stuff like that I, i've been living with daniel chenard this past year like i there's like food sometimes he eats that i like i would have i have no idea how to cook or where he even got the inspiration for it there's been a couple times where he cooked like it was like chicken or something and he threw it in like this green curry sauce and he like heated it up and oh my god the house smelled so bad for three days <laughs> he did it like right before the break too and it was, like we had to like have all the windows open to air at the house, and it was freezing. And there, I was wearing my winter jacket, and I was about to put on snow pants just to stay warm. But I was like, <laughs> I don't want to smell this anymore. This guy. And then, um, Mikro Janicus is a big cook guy too that I've heard, and he likes to bake and stuff. I've never had any of his food, but I've heard from people that he's he's good and it tastes good. So, other than that, um, that's about it. A lot. Of, it's kind of tough because a lot of the guys started doing that. Like you order, you order the food online, and then it sends you the whole like recipe. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Like, Hello like Fresh. 
like brew eight, yeah. like blue apron, mm-hmm. hello fresh, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, quite a few guys on the team do that just to like save on having to go to the grocery store and stuff. So you could count them, but I think that's kind of cheating. Dude, that's I cheating. will. I will. That's one hundred percent cheating. I will say, talking about like grocery stores and stuff. I so obviously I work at a grocery store. And I saw Nick Bruce last year before one of the playoff games walk into my Wegmans and buy what probably was 20 pounds of straight oranges. And I was like, what is he doing with all this stuff? That's some, a great question. Because somebody, somebody pointed out, they're like, Nick Bruce is over there buying a bunch of oranges and he had like a cart full of them. I have no idea what he was doing. I didn't probably dare throwing ask them at his roommates. Probably throwing <laughs> them at his roommates. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> probably, probably Bryson trapped out. Although he didn't play last year, but if he was there, he would probably be throwing them at him, Alden Dupuy, and Logan Drackett. Those guys were always like in a mood, messing around with each other. That's funny. But yeah, um, I'm actually I'm not sure about that. What what time of the year was it? I'm trying to think. It was like March. It was like late February, like early March. Yeah, like playoff we time. Had, um, the only logical thing I might be able to answer that would be we had like a bit of a flu bug going around, like right before playoffs and even in the playoffs and it was like the i can't remember like what exactly the stomach bug would be but it was like you're throwing up and relieving yourself at the same time Oof. and it went through like quite a few guys i had it too and i remember it was like the worst 72 hours of my life oh but but even like caverly got it like like 48 hours right before the first game against sacred heart Oof. and then played through he played through it and it got so bad, like he was throwing up on the bench in the middle of the game, would sit for like five, ten minutes, and then go back out and play a oh shift my or two. God. And that was a series that he got totally blasted in the first period, too. So, yeah, that was that was the yeah. first game where he was like throwing up, and then the second game is when he got lit up in the, like the first shift of the oh. game. So, <laughs> that that series was a bit rough. Rough for weekend for Will. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. We all we all know that the gene is the best place to play in college hockey. Yeah. What's been your favorite away bar to play in? So I will go. I'll get, I'll give you an Atlantic one, and I guess out of conference. For out of conference, Notre Dame was that place was unbelievable. It's literally like playing in a church. Like everything was so nice. Uh, I think for Atlantic, it'd be Bentley. It's the most recently new. Minus Sacred Heart, but I, in four years I've never played at Sacred Heart. So it'd be Man, Bentley, and I do. Yeah, no, I, my class has never played at Sacred Heart. Huh. Oh my gosh, I'm going through the schedule. My, yeah, because sophomore year didn't. Mm-hmm. Last oh year we were supposed to go to Sacred Heart, but because of COVID, yeah. We, oh uh, my god, you guys! Because you guys did the extra home game. That's yeah. wild. We had the extra home game, and we played at Army <laughs> West Point. <laughs> And I, That's and I remember that game, and then I well, remember hopefully that we game don't way go too there much. this year. That's just, <laughs> yeah, we're not going there this year. No, I mean they just got the new rink. It, it looks we awesome, oh, but yeah. Yeah, we were looking mean, at uh, schedule. We were looking at schedule. I was like, okay, the one time I'd actually kind of want, I'd actually want to go out there. We're not even going, but it works out anyway. Yeah. I'd rather play at home. But oh, yeah. I do like Absolutely. Army West Point. It, it's a it's a beautiful campus. Same with Air Force. Mm-hmm. Air Force minus having to deal with the altitude and the travel, but Army Army I like a lot. I think it's kind of a con- that's a that's a controversial one amongst the team. Like some guys don't like it, and then other guys love it. Like I think it's a fifty fifty. I love it. 
I've I've been to a game there, and that's just it's it's like you said, beautiful campus, and like you're right on top of the action there as a fan. So like oh, it's those uh was it those those boards like along the side or especially the one where the penalty box are. You mm-hmm. don't want to be hit into those boards. Those things are rock hard. Ooh. Because, because what is it? The stands, like your feet on this, your feet on where you like sit in the front row, is above the dasher on the boards. So it's literally mm-hmm. just like the oh, cement, so it's just concrete. Yeah, oh. it's just the foundation right along the board. So you get hit in the boards, like there's no give or anything. Yikes! I remember, I remember no, they were telling me that my freshman year, and I was, they're like, "You play on the right?" I was like, "Yeah." They're like. Just stay away from the stay away from the boards because <laughs> you got it for the first and third period. They're like, and he, and then every four or two, especially like the did be the right wingers. They're like, if I get one rim today, you're not you're going to be hearing it from me. We're, we're going we're going glassing out today. We're not rimming. <laughs> break out on the break out on the opposite side every time. Yikes. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's fun. On the it's fun. on the flip side of that, uh, least favorite. Rink to play in. Give me the answer. Give me the answer. You want? Do you want Niagara? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we kind of figured Dwyer's on there, but well, there's the the joke amongst the team is we call it the Purple Prison because it's yes. all like metal on the inside, and Mercier is like oh. is like that too. It's freezing, and it's all like metal chrome, oh, like man. temporary bleachers. Um. Holy Cross is a small little shack. That one's not as enjoyable. But I will give it this, like, considering how small it is, it can, it has been filled at times, just not for the full game. When I've been when I've been there, I've been there my freshman year. That's it. Other than that, like, yeah, those those three, I'd say. Because we we knew about the purple prison thing. Because I think Tommy told one of the guys, one of the one of our freshman members last year. And we put it on a whiteboard and left it on the glass at Niagara, like the whole game or something like that. And during warmups, their guys kept trying to knock it over. Like out of all the signs, <laughs> that was the one they wanted down. It was pretty funny. Who's got yeah, the uh, Who's got the worst visitor locker room out of out of those three? Because those are never glamorous or anything. <laughs> Mer- out of the three, it's. The visitors' locker room in Holy Cross is actually not bad. Like you got, you got like your stalls and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. We're split into two rooms, but I'd say Niagara. Oh, it's got to be Niagara. Yeah, Mercier, Mercier's isn't that great, but you're in the football locker room, so it's massive, and you have like a lot of space. But in Niagara, you're literally like, you just get like the one bunk above your head, and you're so, and everyone has to like squeeze in. So at times, you're tying. You're tying the person next to you, next to you, skate, and you don't even realize it. That's how like and tight you are. Jeez. And then, with it, we've been on like a hot streak there where we won like the past couple of times, and we have this theory like the showers are always freezing cold. So we always like our theory is like every time we beat them, they just turn off the hot water. <laughs> There's that. It wouldn't surprise like, me. Yeah, and then they're like hand towels or like the towels they give you are like hand towels and. They feel like sandpaper on your skin. Uh, like Niagara is the worst one out of all mental, of them. Mental games, I guess. I, that's what you want to call it. <laughs> so um, uh, your favorite NHL team? Toronto Maple Leafs. <sighs> Are you a Sabres fan? Yeah. I'm a Golden Knights fan. Rest in peace, my guys, last night. 
<laughs> are you a Golden Knights fan, or are you just are you just staying with the Vegas train? I'm just with the Vegas train. <laughs> I was a Sabres fan, but I grew to despise the Pagulas and how they're running the team, and obviously the Raiders are moving out there. They announced the Knights. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just jump ship with those guys. And then looked like Fresh. an absolute clown when they made the Stanley Cup Finals their first year in existence, <laughs> which was great. Fresh start. Not bad. Oh, yeah. On the flip side of that, your favorite um, non-hockey NHL, like, uh, you have a favorite other sport besides hockey and, like, your favorite team with that sport? Raiders. Come on. Raiders in the NFL, Dodgers for the MLB, which I might receive some flack on. But it would be, like... It's respectable. Dodgers and the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays, like, are very up and down. Like, we had those those runs the past couple, quite a few years ago with Bautista... Um, Bautista, Tulowitzki, Turner, no, not Turner, uh, like, trying to, I'm blanking on the names, but like, like they're a fun team to watch, but I just always like the Dodgers, which is kind of weird. Cause like for football and baseball, I didn't really start watching it until I went to university. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, football is not really existent in Canada. That's like, it's not, that, that's fair. It's not that big. I mean, like the whole the whole reason I became a Raiders fan is because like I didn't really have a care for the league or anything. Like I never even there's there's a CFL there's two CFL teams within 20, 20, 25 minutes away from me. I've never been to a CFL game. I've never seen a football game in person until last year when we went and watched Notre Dame play Southern California. That was my first football Ooh, game. That's a good one. That was a that was a good one. But um, for like the Raiders, it's funny like. I would hang out with Colby Matthews on Sunday, on Sundays, as you know. Um, Colby Matthews, as you know, is a Raiders fan. Oh, yeah. But on Sundays, it's it's always like it's our one day off, so it's like a rest day, and you just do homework and you sit around, watch football and stuff like that. So I'd always be doing it with Colby, and he's a big Raiders fan, so the Raiders game always had precedent. And that's what I did with him for basically a year and a half, and then finally sophomore year, he's like, if you're going to keep watching your games with me. You have to become a Raiders fan. I like I this like, guy. <laughs> shook his hand. I said, "Okay, Raider Nation, let's go." <laughs> and obviously, bought a, bought a, yeah, bought uh, a hat and a hoodie that oh, day. Yeah. Got shipped within two weeks, <laughs> and then been part of Raiders Nation. Hey, since. that's fair. Perfect. Take it, right? And obviously, you and I have been clowning our mutual friend about upcoming <laughs> games too. Little Mister Zelig. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to. How do I even get started with that guy? <laughs> There's too much to say. Um, do you have kind of like the last? This is kind of like the last of like the the funny questions, like the kind of fun mm-hmm. ones. Um, do you have like a do you have like a pregame like superstition, like a snack or a ritual you have to do before every game? I wouldn't say like I'm over the moon superstitious. Like I have to do it and stuff like that. I kind of just do it because it's a it's just a routine that I like. Mm-hmm. Like I've strayed off the path a couple of times, but one of the things we started I started doing this year is. We, we got an express Thomas Scarfoni. So my roommates are Thomas Scarfoni, Colton Trumbla, and Daniel Chenard. Scarfoni brought a espresso machine into the house when he moved in. So before every game, before we go to the rink, we have an espresso as a house together. And other than that, uh, I like having a coffee at the rink, a two-by-two. Two. Um, I chew gum during warm-up. That's about it. Oh, and I always have... I always get orange Gatorade. We always have like choices for Gatorade. I always go with the orange. Stick I with the Tiger Pride. I live off Gatorade during the season because the only thing that keeps my voice intact <laughs> from yelling so much. 
I there, Nate will back me up. There was a game early on this year. I think it was was it before Sacred Heart when I had six or seven Gatorades stashed in the corner crew closet. That was a that was a nice four game weekend too though. So <laughs> I was taking one a period down. Some of those oh. some of those four gamers are rough on the voice. Oh yikes! Well, I'm sure the way we've been going by taking so many pins too that oh. there's been a lot of yelling. Oh my god! I'm just not sure if it's fully at the refs all the time. Sometimes I'm just saying it might be us. Oh no! It's How'd always die penalties. There's always dudes just yelling at the officials. No one's ever chirping you guys. It's always yelling at the officials. Or so, for Tommy. I was going to say, I'm the one hitting the cowbell up top. Y'all got to stop with the penalties. Because <laughs> after defense for about 20 <laughs> minutes in a period, hitting defense, my hand starts to cramp up. <laughs> oh, you should. You should You should hear what someone was. I'm trying to remember. Like, I was, like, chatting with the linesmen because mm-hmm. I can, like, say what I want to them. And I also became, like, buddies with a couple of them. But, like, I can say what I want, and they're not. They can't give me a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Was it Love the last? That. Was it the last game against Canisius or who would we play? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. But it was like that whole that whole second period. We basically or first period, like penalty after penalty after penalty. Like I think mm-hmm. I logged twelve minutes into like twelve minutes in the first period and penalty killing and I skated and they finally they call penalty on us again. I skated by the linesman. He's looking at me. He's like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm not making extra money penalty killing out here. Like you got to stop it." <laughs> Like, we're not even getting paid in general. <laughs> you got to knock it off. He's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, just talk to your buddy for me, man. Like, Give us some help. Me... Like, I, on, might get in... us... I might get injured blocking a shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last question we kind of have before we wrap things up, um, how would you go about uh, telling a possible recruit that RIT is really the place to play in college hockey? I think one of the, the best things about the school is I think we're the perfect – like happy medium terms of we have big and we have small like we're not necessarily like like a like was it a big 10 school that's like massive and like got a large crowd or trying to think like like we don't like we don't have the massive football programs and the basketball that like overshadow like the other sports we're not in a huge city and we're also not like a desolate like area where nothing around like i think we're perfectly in the middle where you get the best of both like it's a small it's a big enough school to not know everyone but small enough that you get to meet people and establish good friendships and then you know we're 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 big enough for like the budget for hockey to like travel get all the extra swag and you know they they treat us right when we go on the road we eat well the bus rides, the hotels, like they're not, they're not cutting down on nickels and dimes trying to save money. Like it's, it's a perfect happy medium. I feel like, so if you don't want the, if you don't want to be like in the spotlight, not in the spotlight, but like national coverage all the time, but you don't, but you're not a no one, like you're right in the middle. And I feel like we for as small as like, or not small, but like the Atlantic's not as big as a conference media wise and stuff like that, but we do get the recognition that we deserve. Sold. <laughs> that and it's just it's just a fun place to play, but it's also like I've heard stories of like like Ro- Rochester's no Vegas, New York City, or anything. No. But it's and it's like not an air. But I've heard like you know guys guys leave Arizona State where it, that's like it's supposedly a huge party school here in the desert and stuff like that. Guys leave Michigan, Notre Dame, 
and they say like I'm not happy and stuff like that. I didn't like it. And then you know sometimes I've heard like people complain here and stuff like they don't like it. And I've always thought what you put in is what you get out. Like if you're just gonna sit in your dorm room and like stay on your laptop all day playing video games, like then you're not gonna meet people, make connections, and like you're not gonna get a a good college experience. So I feel it's 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 big enough for like if you put in like like you know you're 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 friendlier to more people. You say hi and stuff like that. Like you're gonna make connections. And then you're gonna have like you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna make memories and stuff. You're not just gonna stay like secluded in your own room. I think that's a great way to do it. Honestly, love it. So thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially with the holidays coming right up around the corner. Um, at the time of this, we're a couple of days away from Christmas. Um, I know it means a lot to us, and it's gonna mean it's gonna mean a lot to all the viewers and listeners out there. Thank you very much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Oh, of course. We'd love to have you back again at some point, hopefully. Maybe we can make that happen after a championship. Um, Anytime you have my contact info. Oh, yeah. Um, so that being said, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, if you guys haven't already, uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when new episodes, interviews go up. We're do- we got some more fun stuff lined up also. Um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because Dan Scully whined enough to actually make us want to do that. Um, those are both there. You can find us on both those platforms also. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Link to the Discord is in that will be in the description of this, and it's also in the Instagram link tree, so you can find all that there also. Does anybody have any final remarks you'd like to leave before we sign off? Happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Oh, can't wait for second half and see you guys there. Ten more days. Yeah. (laughs) Not rushing Christmas or anything, (laughs) but like... (laughs) We're over the halfway point of this uh, waiting here, so. Well, everybody have a great rest of your evening. Enjoy your holiday. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh,